Hello, my beautiful beanies, and welcome to The Bean for Friday. First with yesterday's news, I am Glenn Zilby. We're looking back at Thursday, uh, which uh, may have been cross-country day for some kids in some places. Marcus talks about that. Now, we'll talk about exercise generally at the end of the pod, but first up, uh, Grant Robertson got a bit of a workout yesterday. It was budget day. Uh, before any of it was announced, of course, Kerry McIver um, made her wish list. Every man is equal. Nobody is better than anybody else. If you're on a benefit, it's not your fault. You deserve the dignity of a, of being able to live your life while on a benefit, and the rest of us shouldn't begrudge paying it. That we'll have cycleways that go alongside the trucks that will be running on electric that will take our products that we've grown humanely and with love and will kiss, bless and release what we produce to the world and get money back for it. You know, there, there really is a kind of level of expectation I have hitherto um, never seen. So who's going to miss out? Well, <laughs> unfortunately for Matthew Tukaki, I think it is going to be your average Joe and Josephine who pays for all of this. I really do. They're just going to be squeezed yet again and expected to pay for it for the privilege of living in a utopian paradise. Those industries, those business sector spokespeople looking not for handouts, but for investment in their sectors, as Barney Irvine was saying, please make the roads better so we can get our goods to market, so we can make it more productive, so we can we can deliver more so that we can get the dollars you need to create this utopian paradise. They're not looking for handouts, investment in their sectors, so they can become more productive. Is there going to be anything in the budget for them? No. Don't hold your breath. Well, as it turned out, $15 in infrastructure spending, so that might help with the roads, I suppose. Uh, I haven't really done a deep dive myself. In fact, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you, I ignored the whole thing completely. And, uh, went off and had a nice lunch instead. Um, so I think I had a better time than Grant Robertson. Maybe he loves this stuff. I don't know. Anyway, he turned up for uh, here there last night. Can you understand why Middle New Zealand might feel a bit bummed out by this budget? No, no. I mean, I think What's this budget actually. Then? Well, this budget funds the health system that they rely on, the education system that they rely on. It's also got an extra 220,000 people coming into work. It's got an economy that's humming along that's going to generate good quality jobs. And actually, I think a lot of New Zealanders do get it. They get the fact that actually our lowest income people oh, no, have I'm fallen not, behind. So therefore, I don't think, that. yeah, but you said bummed out. And I just don't think that's the reality. I think people see that. We've been through COVID. A lot of resource and money went into supporting middle New Zealand through that. And, and so this is the time to deal with a long-standing challenge. But it does have a plan in it that is about growing those high-paying jobs that people can get. Do you think business might be a bit bummed out because there's nothing in this for them? Yeah, but again, with respect billions of dollars into supporting business over the last year. And there is stuff in here for Which business. Which you need because you need business to keep yeah, paying you. Indeed. And, 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 look, and, and I don't see it as some, kind of, as some kind of oppositional relationship. But let's look at some of the things we've funded here, a $57 billion boost to infrastructure spending. If you think about the things that business worry about, productivity, infrastructure, skills, R&D, exports. There is no spending for roads that I can see. Oh, no. Well, I mean, there is significant increase in what we're doing for, for in terms of public transport and roads across this period of time. Well, what, what, there was a $12 billion pot for roads. How, how much has that increased by? 
Oh, I'd have to go back to the exact amount, but it has gone up over the five-year period. I just note period. that infrastructure, you use infrastructure very loosely, don't you? I mean, you're describing schools, for example, as infrastructure. Some- oh, okay. So I'm not the only one who wasn't quite sure how much money was actually being spent on roads specifically. Um, neither Heather nor Grant even seem to know. The problem that he hasn't figured it out. Uh, anyway, uh, it, it is... We always do. It's important to get uh, people who don't really know anything about anything to um, call in and have their view about the budget. The amount of personal debt people have is horrendous mm. and extend and pretend. And, you know, the COVID thing really seems to increase government's debt and helping the private bankers sort of helping people pay their uh, debt off. But there's nothing really to sort of generate the formula, in my view, is to do that, you actually have to reduce GST, so you have more money uh, in circulation so people can spend. And Mm. that can also be used to lower the inflation rate. And Labor introduced GST at 10, National increased it to 12.5, and then 15, and Labor said, oh, that's that's no good taking it to 15, and they've done nothing to reduce uh, GST. Mm. So if you're a farmer, you pay GST on you know your stock yeah. and you claim GST off your power bill. But if you are the in-between uh, exporter, you know taking it out of the country, you can claim back the GST, export it. So you you really have a, have a free run because you don't have to um, um, pay the GST because you can claim most of it back when you when you yeah. export. Peter, so, in, in 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 general, as far as this budget goes. Having heard, hopefully you've been listening to um, our experts like Barry Soper and Bruce Bernanke and also from Andrew Barty, National Finance Spokesperson. Um, do you feel good or bad about this budget? I, I feel bad, um, right. okay. m- mainly because councils have got so much uh, debt, they'll be increasing uh, rates enormously. Uh, so it sounds like, in the words of Heather and Grant, it is the bum out budget. People are bummed out by this budget. I'm sure we'll find somebody who thought it was good, um, but not in this podcast, because now we're moving on to more important topics, like school cross-countries. Big day for me, too, actually. I would forgotten about that. I'm just looking at some photos of Instagram. School cross-country today. Now, indulge me, if you will. There is nothing. There is nothing in this world that is quite as inspirational as seeing five to ten-year-olds on the annual cross-country. Those arms pumping in the air, this extraordinary. You know, I know people hate it, but I tell you what, kids love it. And we put them out the back of the Bluff Hill so the parents couldn't drive along and sort of do like they do sometimes. Very, very good. Some kids barely prepared. They sort of had their jerseys in their in their arms and stuff like that. They'd sort of gone out, you know, with the but fantastic kids doing it in gumboots. Brilliant. I think it's probably as good as primary school. It's as good as primary school gets as the cross country. And we run quite a special one. They've got to come down a gravel hill. There's a, there's a barrier across the road. They've got to identify and actually evade. Great for the spectators. Uh, not always great for the kids, although one kid jumped it, which I thought showed great initiative, Tom. Um, I take a different view. I found school cross-countries to be 
lethal and unusual punishment, uh, probably against the, the rules set out in the Geneva Convention. Um, definitely human rights violation. I dreaded it with every fibre of my being. Um, so yeah, I don't know about the inspirational part. I can only imagine how horrendous it must be doing it in southern climes. So, such as Marcus has just described. It was bad enough doing it in the Waikato. Um, weirdly, uh, one of my uh, daughters has won hers for the last three years. I can't explain it. I think something's happened there. Obviously, mix up with babies at birth or something like that. Uh, we're going to finish up here. Speaking of exercise, I think Kate Hawksby might be speaking more my language. Apparently all you need is a brisk walk or a gentle cycle, and that's enough to cut your risk of disease. They had this 1950s study, by way of example, this British epidemiologist, and he studied bus conductors, right, and bus drivers. The bus drivers uh, were twice as likely to die of heart disease than the conductors, because the driver, of course, sitting the whole time, the conductor's moving around, not getting out of breath, just moving around and going up and down stairs now and again, uh, and far less heart disease purely because of that small movement. There are other recent studies saying less is more, the Copenhagen Heart Study, 5,000 people over five years, split into two groups. Those who did light, moderate jogging had the lowest risk of death compared to the joggers it. who pounded the pavement breaking a sweat. In fact, the strenuous joggers had the same mortality rate as sedentary people who did nothing. So you only need to be doing a light jog to cut your risk of death. Sure, there are those who need to do intense exercise, and there are lots of reasons for that, mental health, of course, being one of them. But it's not necessary. You don't have to. In terms of counting exercise, we need to look at activity and measure that in the same breath, basically, as exercise. So sometimes activity, they say, is just as good, if not better. Weeding the garden, hanging the washing, going up and down some stairs, as long as you are moving and you're moving every day, that's the key. So that is the extremely good news I bring you this morning. As you perhaps head out the door to pound the pavement or hit the gym, you can maybe just take the pressure off and go up and down some stairs instead. Yeah, I don't understand why this story hasn't got more coverage. It is the story of the year. Um, because invariably I see people exercising and they are miserable. They look like they're not having a good time and are hating it. I know that's how I feel when I do any exercise and I feel emotionally, I feel a lot better when I'm not doing it. The best part I've always found about exercise is finishing it. Um, but I mean, you know, we'll see. I'm only uh, 47, and um, I might die tomorrow. Uh, here's hope, hoping that's not the case. Otherwise, there'll be nobody back here to host the weekend edition of New Talks we've been on Monday. Hopefully, I'll see you then.